Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Cinema at Home, Disney Plus, Episode 1. I'm Randy Manra, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Herbie Hilsden. We're also joined by Craig Fields and David Long. Herbie, how are you doing? Yes, not too bad. Thank you, Randy. Enjoying the lovely weather, which is helping water all of our plants. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing great, thanks. Just enjoying lockdown as much as I can, playing a bit of games and stuff, and watching films, of course. Craig, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm fine. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just. Every day seems to merge into one, and you've got obviously with the podcast, we're doing lots of film watching and stuff, and that sort of breaks the days up a little bit. But yeah, it's strange. It's strange. David, you good? Yeah, I'm not too bad. As Herbie said, perfect weather for pumpkins. Um, lots of <laughs> thunderstorms around. Um, but I've got to say, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this episode of Disney Plus. We've got uh, an interesting film review ahead of us. Um, so obviously, as always, great to be with you guys and looking forward to cracking on with the show. Now let's get into the meat of a show where we'll talk about original content and recommendations from Disney+. Plus. We'll start our episode by talking about the lengthily produced and oft-delayed adaptation of Owen Colfer's acclaimed series of books, adapted for the screen by Kenneth Branagh, Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl is a young prodigy. <laughs> just... I didn't mean to laugh, but you... <laughs> That's all right, I realised. <laughs> the, t- the, t- the tone of that was just superb. Um, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Carry on. Artemis Fowl is a young prodigy, a descendant of a long line of criminal masterminds. He soon finds himself in an epic battle against a race of powerful underground fairies who may be behind his father's disappearance. Now, I'm going to start off by saying I really did not enjoy this film, which I think will be the, the commonly shared opinion. Because, I mean, where to begin about what was wrong with this? It was It was a mess from start to finish. No, I, I don't think anyone had a clue what was going on. Book readers didn't have a clue what was going on because I was watching it and I was thinking, how on earth does this have any semblance to a best-selling series of books that I always hear talked about very positive light? And then I looked it up and it turns out it's absolutely nothing like the book. So if you've read the Artemis Fowl books and are thinking, oh, maybe I'll check out the film, I, I would like to say, please don't, because from the sounds of it, <laughs> you, you will be very upset. And it's amazing how Hollywood just seems to keep on making this mistake where they either take an acclaimed like source material and change it so much that no one could recognize it for what was once really good or take kind of average source material like Aragon, which would be my best example of a film that was not particularly good to begin with. The original story is okay. It's quite cliched. I used to enjoy the books. And then when I started reading more stuff, I was like, oh, okay, this is where Aragon got everything from. And then they made the film. And not only did they go against everything that was good about the film, they seemed to reinforce everything that was bad. And this certainly falls into the former camp where they've just taken everything interesting and hacked it apart until it's barely recognisable. So, 
I mean, I'm sure there'll be a lot more back and forth about this. But Ranjit, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, I, I, I watched this film and I just sat there just watching the credits go by and I was just like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> I, just, I couldn't believe what I saw. It's, it is absolutely, it, it's incredible how they how they managed to ruin this. I don't, I just don't, like you said, like Hollywood just keeps making the same mistake of just putting, like, because I read up on it and apparently it's three books meshed, meshed into one film. And I just don't understand why they do that. Like it's, this is Disney. Disney has so much money. They have, pretty much all the money in the world and you've got this brand new platform why not uh, spread this out maybe you can do a disney plus series or something like i don't understand why it was so much uh just smashed into this film um i've got a couple of points i want to just quickly put through um exposition literally every character's role in this film was just to spout exposition but yet you still don't know what's going on how is that even possible i I don't get how they've done that (laughs) like it's like there was so you there's a scene where fairies use this time capsule to slow slow down time to get this uh troll which looks like it came straight out of harry potter on ps1 um (laughs) back to back to wherever this troll came from um and then a couple of scenes later, the fairies use the time capsule uh, machine again, and Artemis Fowler's butler explains to the audience what the time capsule machine does. And we're, I don't know, I'm just like, I know what it does. You've just shown us what it does literally about two scenes before. I don't understand why you need to tell us this again. It was just so weird. Um, and I, I, I don't, like, okay, the main actor, Farida Shaw, who plays Artemis Fowler, he's, he's a young actor, so I don't, you know, I don't want to put too much blame on him, but he, unfortunately, he wasn't very good in this film, in my opinion. There's a scene where he finds out fairies are real, and it is there's a close up of his face, and he has no emotion. He just <laughs> he just says like, "Oh wow, they are real," and there's there's just there's just nothing. There's nothing coming from his face. There's no you know sense of awe or shock or anything. Like it's just it's just odd. It's just yeah, he doesn't. You know, I feel bad for the kid. He's I don't know if this is his first role or not, but you know, I hope he does get more and i hope he does do better but yeah he wasn't the best in this film and then you've got dame judy dench that's right dame judy dench in this film who sounds like she's you know sounds like this is her audition for christopher nolan's batman or something it's (laughs) it's unbelievable it's such a weird character choice i don't know if that's from the book or not um i haven't read the books i should point out i haven't read them but yeah, I just started to look into this film a bit more, and apparently that they were trying to make it. It's been it's been in development since two thousand and one, um, and I think that's obviously a response to Harry Potter because I think that came out in two thousand and one, um, and then I think Disney have tried to get their since then they've tried to have their version of Harry Potter, and from what I've heard from the books, like they could have easily done it because it seems like you could get so much out of this franchise. Um, yeah, it's just. It's such a short film. I think a lot of has maybe a lot has been cut out, or maybe they just didn't shoot all of um, a lot. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's it's just so convoluted and so confusing. Like I said, everyone's shouting exposition, but you still don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, Craig, <laughs> what did you think? Something is rotten in the state of Disney, and I think <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is a wonderful man, a wonderful director, may I add, and a, a fantastic Shakespearean actor. Um, most notably seen perhaps in uh, his his four hour film of Hamlet, 
followed by uh, four, perhaps, where it has essence of Shakespeare dotted all over. This has nothing of that, and I don't know why. Um, I have a feeling that Disney have uh, taken this movie after Kenneth has directed it and shot it all and butchered it, um, removing anything of any semblance where you can join the scenes together and anything makes any sense, because from scene to scene, almost shot to shot, nothing nothing connects each other to each other properly it the, the, the reaction shots don't make don't add up there's yeah. i mean josh gad um doing this narration from the very beginning set the tone with his voice as to how terrible this film was going to be i could not get into it his voice was off putting but then when when judy dench comes in with the same voice I yeah. was like, what is going on here and oh god it was awful and uh, yeah i mean the the exposition is just just genuinely just ridiculous. Clearly put in because they they knew that something wasn't quite right here. Um the the acting was really bad and I'm really sad because these are very talented people that have been thrown into a story that had some potential and then just completely just broken in half many a time over. Um I had a I have a point that I am probably going to be treading on eggshells here when I speak about it. Um but I feel like in this day and age in terms of Hollywood casting and in terms of what's going on in uh the world today with black people being cast in certain roles or not being cast in certain roles. I felt that the casting of uh, a black butler was rather unsettling. Not something that I, I, I saw immediately, but when I was watching it, it did make me think. And then it made me think, why couldn't they have cast the lead actor as a young black Irish boy? Why couldn't they have cast things differently and given a more more diversity to some of the roles that were were in this film, even if the source material doesn't goes down the same road as what they've kind of cast it with? I don't know if anybody else saw that as a, a problem or you know it it triggered something in their minds when they were watching it. I don't know, but for me it was it was kind of highlighting a big issue that a Disney does and C, b Hollywood does as well it um it's just it's just something that needs to change i think um but ultimately, this is an incredibly flawed film, one that I can't believe I sat through the entire film <laughs> and yeah, just oh God, what happened to my life when I watched it? God knows. God knows. <laughs> David, your views? You know, when you go on holiday, you're supposed to clean your fridge out and leave no food in there so nothing goes rotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, what has happened here is that someone has gone on holiday and left the fridge full of meat. Um, the fridge has broken. <laughs> it's 30 degrees. When you come home and you open that fridge door... You are hit by a putrid smell of rotten flesh and death. That <laughs> is what this film was like. As soon as it started, it was like I opened the fridge door and, whoa, something has gone off. It was terrible. And I mean truly terrible. And that is reflected in the Rotten Tomato scores. They are rotten. 9% from the critics. 9. 21% from the audience. And I think that's, that's generous. Um, if you're in the 21% of the people of the audience that 
you know, classified this as fresh, I'd want to know why. Because for me, every element of this film was was wrong. It had a poor script. It had bad acting. Now, I'm not saying that the actors in this film are bad. It's got Dame Judi Dench in it, for goodness sake, one of the greatest British actors of all time. She's terrible in it. You know, she's not a terrible actress. She's a fantastic actor, but she's terrible in this film. Um, for Dear Shaw, um, I've just looked on Rotten Tomatoes. It's his only credited film, and I'm willing to forgive him a bad performance because everyone throws in a bad performance. And the, the problem with this film is it felt, for a Disney film, it felt so flat. It had absolutely no magic whatsoever. Like, you know, with the Harry Potter films, you put them on and you've got that wonderful score mm. and you're just transported into this magical kingdom and it's really believable. This, this was terrible. Colin Farrell looked like he was there for a paycheck. Um, he, he didn't really put in anything at all. And he, he was... It was he was poorly cast in my opinion. Again, I think they could have gone for for someone different. I don't think he fit the role at all. Uh, I thought some of the special effects were quite ropey, um, and some of the fight scenes or action sequences were just poorly executed. And you could tell that they were stunts and stunt doubles. Um, not particularly likable characters. Um, just a real mess, really, and. The only saving grace for this film is that it's an hour and a half um, because if it had been longer, I'm not quite sure I'd have been able to get through it because it, it really is unfortunate. And I hate doing this. I hate coming on the podcast and slating directors and actors and films. But unfortunately, this, this, is, this is just terrible and it, and it really is not worth watching. Um, if you're a fan of the source material, I can only imagine that you're furious because from everything that I've read online, the source material is very enjoyable and critically quite well acclaimed pieces of work. So, yeah, just a very unmagical, rotten movie. Very much so. Very much so. And I'm I'm so deflated even thinking about it because it was that bad. And I, I feel like it's, it's the Peter Rabbit of... Of uh, of this year, perhaps. Yeah, I hate Peter Rabbit. Really did. And Peter Rabbit Two's coming out now, isn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah. joy! Oh joy, indeed. I don't know. But like I said, there was so much potential here for this to be sort yeah. of like a Harry Potter, something magical, and on Disney Plus. And the thing that baffles me is I'm not quite sure the target audience here. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, I think it's it's, it's a kids' film, but I don't even think kids are going to enjoy it. There's, no, there's, there's nothing. You're right. There's nothing to engage them with. It's just. It's just everything just feels so lifeless. Like mm. the actors, the visuals that you're looking at, nothing looks real, nothing looks believable. Um, it's just so. Yeah, I don't even think a kid will like it. Yeah, uh, and also, I don't know what you guys thought, but they've obviously tried to put in some humour for adults, and that really flatlined. Like there was a couple of moments where they put in these one-liners, and the drum goes dum dum and then you hear a baby crying and a tumbleweed blows past and then there's a cough it just doesn't land <laughs> do you know what i mean it's and it's yeah. just and like i said it was a real shame because i don't like giving bad reviews i wanted to enjoy it i i was hoping that maybe you guys had a different opinion and you could give me a reason as to why my review is wrong but it sounds like we're all singing off the same hymn sheet yeah i think when a film is this terrible 
you are always going to sing off the same hymn sheet. There is gonna, mm. There's going to be somebody in the world that likes it. I don't know, maybe an actor's grandparent. I don't know, but uh, yeah, comp- yeah, woeful. But on a serious note, I would like to sort of echo what Ranjit said about the the young actor, um, Fadia Shaw. I really hope that he gets another opportunity to to make his career because you know it's 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 not just him that puts in a bad performance here so i really hope that he gets cast in another film he gets better script he gets better direction and he gets an opportunity to show what he can do because it's not nice for a, a young actor's first film to be such a flop yep herbie have you got anything else to add you're uncharacteristically quiet now I mean, yeah, I've just been trying to think of a of a way to sum up my issues with a film without spending about two hours on it. But I think you can tell this film has been in development hell for so long. It's been passed over and passed along <laughs> with that David Bowie joke about halfway through where the fair is a talking <laughs> and one of them's like, oh, they didn't know he was one of us. And I'm like, I haven't heard one of those jokes since before, he, like well before he died, where people were like that he was an alien. That's why he was so cool and so special and so talented. And it, it does. It feels like a joke out of 2010. And so much of his film, you, it, it just feels like, in a lot of ways, an early 2000s like adaptation where they sort of try and nod at bits and do funny bits. And it was just, it was just all a mess. And even then, after they filmed it, I think all of those Josh Gad scenes were, which were in black and white, were added on after production had finished. So it was still being made when it was finished from the look of it. I can't, I can't confirm or deny if that's true, but it felt like they were awful. Like so Mm. much of a film was, you're just sitting there thinking out of all the creative choices they could have taken. This is the one that they thought people would like. (laughs) (laughs) And not to toot my own horn, but I think that sums up the film quite nicely. Yeah. 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 Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> so does anyone think this film's worth it? Absolutely not. Avoid it with with everything within your being. Do not go near this film. It's not good for adults, it's not good for kids, it's not good for anyone. It should be um archived. Yeah, it's not it's not even it's so bad it's good territory. It's you, you kinda <laughs> wanna you sit you might be sitting there thinking, Oh, I want to watch this and see if it's bad as they say, but it it's just a waste of an hour and a half. Just just buy the book or something like that or watch any other film, really. <laughs> Listen to the audiobook. Avoid at all costs. Yes. <laughs> So we're now going to take a look at a couple of recommendations for films that are currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. Herbie, what have you got for us? So yeah, I'd like to recommend a film that most of you probably haven't thought about for a few years, and that's Avatar. And I watched this again soon after getting Disney+, and I really enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it since watching it in the cinema, and all the old flaws are still there. It's very much a white saviour film, and and it borrows a lot of elements from better films, but I think it has a lot of really nice ideas about environmentalism and about stuff like this. And I be- was it talked about on the um, Green Week episode? Yeah, uh, yeah, Earth Day special. Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh, yeah Earth I, Day I, special. That was it. <laughs> I certainly brought that forwards. So I thought it was a very poignant one that took something from earthbound things and planted it in another world and, and really uh, extrapolated what's wrong with this world. And yeah, brilliant film, really good. Well, that was very nicely put, and that, that sums up better than what I was going to say. But yeah, I, th- I 
think you, you probably see it hopping about on it's been on tv a lot it's on disney plus and i think check it out because i think it'll be a lot better than you remember because it was certainly better than i remember um yeah so craig we've heard what you had to say ranji what, what do you think of avatar um i haven't seen it in a while as well um but i just i think i think uh, yeah i think i'm going to give it another watch um i just thought it was pretty average uh, when I watched it as what my feeling was. I think the special effects and stuff obviously were brilliant and the use of 3D you hadn't really seen it um, 3D like that used uh, ever really um, but yeah just I'll give it another rewatch. I'm excited for the sequels that I've resumed filming. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's got a good cast. I think Kate Winslet has joined the cast which is pretty cool. She's working with James Cameron again. But yeah I'll give it another watch. Yeah and, I mean for David, me what did, oh. Yeah, no, sorry. I'd be sorry to jump the gun there. No, for me, yeah, I think it's well worth a re- a, a, another watch. I mean, if you've never seen it before, it is, uh, you know, a James Cameron blockbuster. It's like Titanic. It's big and brash and long and in your face, and he's not afraid to take the reins when he get when he when he has them. Um, but politically, it's got lots to say. It's got a lot to say about environmentalism and global warming, and a lot about invading foreign lands and it's there's a lot more to avatar than just sort of blue people flying around on dragons um there's a lot of meat on the bone uh, and it's quite well seasoned meat as well uh so i would recommend avatar <laughs> on on disney plus full of the meat analogies today david yeah un, un, unlike artemis fowl this is not rotten meat this is well seasoned <laughs> delicious meaty bony meat <laughs> so yeah w- honestly worth a watch and with with the second one uh, being produced and and like Ranjit said, they're back filming it now after obviously being disrupted by COVID. Um, yeah, definitely worth a watch on uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah, so um, Craig, what do you recommend? Um, so I was sort of going through Disney Plus and having a look to see what there was to recommend, and I came across John Carter, uh, a film that I haven't seen for a while, but. One that, when it came out, I really, really loved. And critically, it got slammed. Um, But it's based on the Edgar Rice Burroughs classic novel, which sees a war-weary former military captain being inexplicably transported to Barsoom. And if you don't know what Barsoom is, it's Mars. Um, He reluctantly becomes embroiled in this sort of epic conflict. uh, And it's in a world that's sort of on the brink of collapse. Mars is not Mars as we know it. Um, there's there's civilizations there and uh, John Carter rediscovers his humanity uh, all the while he realizes that the survival of Barsoom and its people all rest within its hands or within his hands should I say um, yeah I mean this is the, this is the film that the novel basically started everything it started yeah. Star Wars it was the inspiration for so many different sci-fi films I think even Tarzan came in there somewhere. Um, there's just so much going on with this with this story. Uh, and I felt it really translated very, very well to the big screen. Um, even though it was played for the problems and had to be reshot, it was a very expensive film and a very big flop for Disney. This isn't like Artemis Fowl, where the, the, the film was just ended up completely awful and cut apart. It, the, the reshoots were worth it. Even if, even if it didn't make any money, I still think it was a really great film. Um, I don't know out of all of you guys who has watched it, but um, Herbie, I'll start with you. 
yeah, I haven't watched it, so let's move on to Ranjit. <laughs> um, yeah, I have seen it. I saw it quite a while ago now. Um, I didn't watch it at the cinema. I think I watched it on TV. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was really surprised. I, you know, it's, I think it's really underrated. Um, yeah, you're right. It was just plagued with loads of problems um, with the reshots and the reshooting and the marketing and stuff. Because originally, I think it was called John Carter of Mars. And yes. then they ditched, yeah, they ditched yeah. of Mars and it just they just called it John Carter, which is really which is much worse john carter of mars is way better um and yeah just poor marketing but it's it's a shame because it is a really good film and now that's on disney plus um i agree with you craig i would recommend it too mr long have you seen it i haven't but uh, i'd just like to add you said it was critically slammed it didn't get two bad scores on rotten tomatoes i mean he got 52 percent from the critics and 60 percent from the audience um, I've got a Disney Plus, Disney uh, Plus subscription. Um, if you, my good friend, recommend it, then I shall watch it. Yeah. Uh, I value your opinion. Those, uh, and the scores aren't too bad. Well, so I was going to say, those Rotten Tomatoes scores do not reflect how uh, critically slammed it was when, it, when the film came out in the cinema. Yeah. Okay. It, got, it got panned really badly. Um, and then, obviously, the marketing really threw in people didn't know what the film was because it was just simply called John Carter. If you just threw yeah. in that Mars bit, it yeah, would add yeah. that element of sci-fi, which people would have been like, oh, interesting, intrigued. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, but for those people who are a bit older, um, who had read the novel, they would have been, they would have known, but that's the only audience they were simply marketing towards by the sounds of it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love it. And uh, hopefully all of our other listeners all love it too. And that brings us to the end of the Disney Plus episode of the brand new Cinema at Home format. We really hope you enjoyed listening. As always, we'd like you to get in contact with us and the best ways of doing this are via Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Or drop us an email at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. We love to hear your feedback and we'd love to know what you think of the new format of the show. And if you've enjoyed today's show, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Or if you've enjoyed the content we've been putting out and want to help us to continue to grow, uh, why not support us on Patreon? Uh, Lockdown has slowed some of the progress we are making, but thanks to our Patreons, we have been able to keep on going. So thank you very, very much. And make sure to keep an eye out for the next episode of Cinema at Home, where we'll be talking about what Now TV has to offer. Stay safe, everyone, and goodbye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. Artemis Rotten Fowl.